Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. And it is another episode of our Real Badness, the final episode, and uh, it, it ho-ho hurt. Um, I am your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends. First, Matthew Gatos. Hi. I almost ran out of air. I almost just said, ho. Ho? So I was hoping that the other two would also do ho and ho, but I realized alone it didn't work. No, that doesn't work at so, all. Hello. 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 No, that, no. No. <laughs> that's worse. That's like a canon movie. Ooh, it is. Hell ho. I don't like this. No. Okay. <laughs> Bill Mead. Hi, everybody. And first time on the podcast, Jen Payton. Hi. How are you? I'm very tired. Very tired. And I'm sure part of that is because of the movie I had y'all watch. Um, interesting thing, all of us sitting here today, I would say, are very big Star Wars fans. Uh, from what I know about everyone, we all have different opinions on what are the good and bad things about Star Wars stuff. Um, but I don't think we're going to have too much <laughs> of different opinions today, except for that I have like two positive things to say. And I've maybe got one or two. One or two. Okay, oh, maybe we are going to agree. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I don't are think they Jen's the gonna same agree. parts. They are. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we are, of course, talking about the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978, which has never been officially released. The only way to watch it is on YouTube. Really, I mean, you can watch it on VHS, and I'm sure I'm sure some people have done some uh, DVD rips. Um, interesting thing about this is, like, <clears throat> I don't have a problem if somebody wants to do something like this and put it up on YouTube, and it's free to watch. I do have a problem if somebody wants to rip it and then sell me a DVD. <laughs> Because then I feel like it's illegal. It's still illegal with YouTube, I feel, <laughs> yeah. in, the, in, in the strictest sense of the law. But, like, it doesn't bother me that much because, like, nobody's making money off of this. I, I, th I think the thing that might most offend you is that someone would make money off of this. That, too. Yes. It wouldn't help. <laughs> I wouldn't even be happy if Lucas was making money off of this, quite frankly. It'd be funny if, like, when Disney was going to buy Lucasfilm, they're like, we'll buy it all. Except we don't want that. I mean, this... it's kind of funny because that's kind of what they did with his ideas for the... Episodes, episode seven, like, eight, yeah. and nine. Lucas was like, I have ideas. And they're like, oh, no, we're good. We're, yeah. we're good. We don't Just need Just take that. the money and be quiet. Yeah. So first and foremost, I want to get everybody's one for the audience out there. I want to get everybody's position on Star Wars, just sort of where it fits into their lives. And two, had they ever seen this before? And what was their reaction while seeing it? Um, Jen, we're going to start with you. Do you first want a 60 second plot dump? I don't know what you mean. The thing we do at the beginning of every episode? The 60-second plot dump? That would imply there was a plot. Every episode of this podcast starts with a 60-second plot dump, and you're forgetting how this podcast works suddenly. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused that you're confused, and this yes. is my first time on here. What's happening? No, I'm just fucking with you. Um, <laughs> you well, last episode we were recording, you stopped us mid-recording because you were having a stroke or something. I know. I, so now I thought you were dying. I legitimately thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke or something on the last podcast because yeah. I just I my ears started ringing and I started having a shooting pain right through my head and yeah. I stopped and I was like see well, my God, concern is valid damn it do I not want to spend the last moments of my life talking about Jingle All the Way so we'll do it with we'll do it with, I would rather special. honestly yes if with the arc of my life I would rather sense. spend what the last Nick moments Jenkins 
talking the, the, about the Star Wars <laughs> Holiday Special. <laughs> Checks out. Yes, that did it. That okay, Matt, you're going to do a 60-second plot dump. All right. <laughs> Out of spite. Since I reminded us. Well, since you also recommended this to us, you were like, we got to do that. Now yeah. we've all this had to a, watch a it. a year coming down the pipeline. It has. Like, we were talking about it last year. Yeah. And then, all right. All right. You ready for this? Yeah, I think so. All right. You took notes. I so, did. I <laughs> Like three pages of notes here. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, 60 second plot dumped, plot in quotes for the Star Wars holiday special in three, two, one. Chewbacca is trying to get home to his family to celebrate Life Day, but keeps getting delayed. His family is Mala, his wife, Itchy, his dad, and Lumpy, his son. Uh, along the way, we see his family being concerned for him. The Empire visits their home to check on him and search for proof of rebel paraphernalia. Eventually, Han and Chewie show up. Uh, uh, they off one of the stormtroopers that stayed behind. Chewie is reunited with his family, and they're able to celebrate Life Day together, which seems to involve some weird robe ceremony and then a nice dinner. Throughout this, we get to see Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia, and C-3PO, and R2-D2, but they don't really affect the plot much at all, aside from Han Solo, who's helping Chewbacca get home, uh, and clearly doesn't want to be in this movie at all. Uh, and then we're uh, throughout, we get some Cirque du Soleil, we get some musical numbers, we get Princess Leia singing a song for some reason, and we also get some softcore VR porn. The end. Seven seconds to spare. <laughs> Nicely done. I got yeah. halfway through and realized I had finished the plot, so yeah. I was like, I'm just going to throw random facts that in here. You did miss the animated part. In your oh, you oh, yeah, did. there's also yeah, a good yeah. cartoon and some good B. Arthur and some bad Harvey Corman. According to you, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, that's my. That was a little bit of editorializing on that synopsis. A little bit, but I think it is important to talk about in that synopsis that the, this is a variety show, and that's weird. What? what yeah, wasn't weird for the seventies. No, seventies no. had a lot of variety shows. It was like a default thing you did, especially for celebrations of holidays or yeah. other things. It was just like, okay, Brady Bunch, you get a variety show. Johnny, Johnny Cash, you get a variety show. Exactly. Yeah. It's like. And they would fill it with the same, like, ten comedians, and they would just... It, a lot of times it was centered around something or someone who wasn't inherently funny or comedic, like a Johnny Cash, maybe. Yeah. But then you add in all these nonsensical things around it and try to make it a coherent hour-and-a-half, two-hour thing. Yeah. yeah. When you do that with Star Wars and <laughs> Wookiees who don't speak English and don't get subtitles, it makes it a little bit harder a little bit. I want to I want to talk about one of the opening lines in the movie, which is so you have Chewbacca's family. You have Lumpy who is the little kid. You have Itchy who is the grandpa, and then you have Mala who is Chewbacca's wife. The, the actual Let's see. I have these. I don't know I don't know how to pronounce them. Okay. Their actual names are Malatobuk. Uh Itchy is Adichchiuk and Lumpa Lumpy is Lumparorump. That's their full names. Oh my! But we'll, we'll we can stick with Mala, Itchy, and Lumpy. Yes, we will. Uh, but this this sets the tone for my experience of the whole thing, and then we're going to jump around to each of you. But okay. Mala, the music is playing softly. Mala walks up to Itchy, and she lightly puts her hand on his shoulder, and then Mala says, "Ah!" <laughs> That's the opening of the movie. <laughs> just so people at home know, Nick just scared his dog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she is not very happy right now. And I wasn't happy when this came about in this movie. Uh, it was it was really grating. Like it, and it, you know, like the sound design is very Star Wars, so it sounds like a Wookiee, but it uh, it was just so weird that no Lumpy didn't sound like a Wookiee. No, and when you said the sound design was very Star Wars, maybe my 
I don't have the best audio in my house. <laughs> but it, to me, it sounded very much like an Atari cartridge was playing over all the growling. Mm-hmm. It did not oh, sound good at my house. It was house, so and... grating Oh, I, every level. I just meant the actual voice of the Wookiee. Yeah, okay. I will say sound design good, sound editing bad. Well, and also like weird score stuff. Like, Oh, it, I oh, love with the score. They were, a lot of the time it was like, play Star Wars, but don't. That's my favorite part. Like, we'll get to the, the, the cantina stuff later, I'm sure. But the music throughout the cantina scene and, like, the twists on these Star Wars songs you know, I was like, that actually shows thought. Where a lot of this whole holiday special doesn't show any thought of any sort. And when they actually, like, took John Williams' stuff and twisted a little bit, I'm like, okay, you worked on that. Good job. <laughs> you put some effort in. Okay, yeah. so before we go too deep, yeah. I'm going to circle back around. Jen, tell me about your experience with Star Wars. Like, when did it – have you always been a Star Wars fan, or was there, like, a moment? Oh, yeah, I grew up with Star Wars and Star Trek, so it was just, like, space nerd all the way. Hell yeah. And then I was, of course, a kid when the prequels came out, so I, okay. I liked those more than you like them because of that, probably. Look, so... I, I want it stated for the record – I really liked the Phantom Menace when it came out. It was it was mm-hmm. psychological on my it was a psychological trick on my part that I kept going back to see it to go, "No, I liked it, right?" Yeah, this is fine. Um I don't like it now, but at the time I was really into it. And so, had you heard of the holiday special? Yeah, I don't know when. I've definitely never seen it before. This was the first time. Yep. And Oh god. <laughs> I was I I was playing a lot of games on my phone while I was watching towards the end because I couldn't <laughs> just watch. It was painful. And it just keeps going. Yeah. It just. Everything in this is like three times as long as it should be. Absolutely. Each individual scene. Like, if there were, some of these things could be a little bit, like a few line joke, and I'd be fine with it. But then it just keeps going for seven more minutes about like. Here's a character that you've never met, don't know anything about, and doesn't have any impact on our main characters. Let's watch them for eight minutes. I feel that after you get through the first introduction Wookiee scene, you should have gotten a real-life Xbox achievement. <laughs> oh, Just yeah. that's pop it. up that's and be like, like you whoop. made it. You did it. <laughs> first 15, down. <laughs> Excellent. It's a 1% of people re- get this far. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It's a part of a quest it's yeah. like in Skyrim where you, you, you've completed this. There's a dum dum, and you've completed part of the quest. So, Bill, you just did an episode of Matt's podcast that's all about Star Wars. So I won't yeah. ask you to rehash the whole thing, but just like uh, just give we'll us just a insert gen- that episode here now and, and go. Pause this. Start the, ne- the most recent episode of I Love It, and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> um, but tell our friends who didn't run off uh, uh, to go listen to that. Like Jen, I talked about growing up, loving it. It was a part of my childhood, and it's a part of my adulthood. Uh, I have been aware of the holiday special for a long time, and we do talk about some of the, the less appreciated Star Wars and how some of them have a saving grace of, you know, uh, for the generation they're out for, they're that generation's favorite. You know, like episodes one, two, and three are someone's favorite Star Wars, which is fine. Mm-hmm. The holiday special is no one's favorite Star Wars. Oh, I hope it is, and I want to meet that person. Oh, no, right? don't. If, if, Somebody... if this is your favorite Star Wars, tweet at us at Real yeah, Red Pod. Yeah, we'll be on an episode of I Love It for sure. <laughs> Just to talk about that. Yeah, Just that's the whole hour. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, but and... I, yeah, I had been aware of this. I had not wanted to see it. I had seen parts of it. I didn't want to see it all in one sitting. It was bad. It was like car crash bad. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Matt? Uh, so yeah, I am also a lifelong Star Wars fan. 
uh, ever since I was a little kid. And this is always something I've, I, I don't know, I've known about it for quite a long time. I feel like in high school, uh, I had a lot of friends who were equally into Star Wars. And so we kind of were the, the nerds who wanted to know every last single thing of every last, like how it was made, why was it made that way, all this. And so I no, had known about the holiday special. And then in college, I actually took a writing class with one of the guys who wrote this movie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Jen's face is great. That, I want to. I want to know real quick. He taught the class, right? He yes. He was okay. He wait, was wait, the someone actually wrote for this of the it class. Wasn't just uh, put on? I will okay. defend him in saying his name is Lenny Rips. Mm-hmm. He is also one that of the a great name. He's That's also cracking name. He if you were to meet him, he he's like the stereotypical like Hollywood writer. Like the way he talks about all these stories of just like oh yeah that person yeah hung out with them in fifty two kind of thing like just tossing stories around. But he, I believe what he told us, because he he doesn't lead with this credit uh, necessarily. When he was teaching us in class, he uh, led with the fact that he was a writer for the early seasons of The Golden Girls, uh, Full House. He wrote uh, Frankenweenie, the original uh, Tim Burton short, not the animated movie. Um, And he did a lot of other things, like big TV things in sort of that like... Era, that like late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. era um and he just happened to then because of his work on other things get recruited to write for the star wars holiday special his story is that he wrote like a first draft and then it was hand i think him and bruce Valanche wrote like a first draft and then other people were brought in to do punch-ups so he doesn't take credit for the final product but his name is on the final product yes there's a really good vox video talking about the, why the holiday special is what it is and he's interviewed in that video and it's really good mm. um there are a couple good think pieces there are about this. yeah uh, mental floss just put one out right I, yeah i had just read that before this and yeah it was pretty insightful yeah those and got some notes yep. so because of that obviously that was all we ever wanted to talk to him about in class unfortunately i'm sure he loved that but i ended up bootlegging a copy somewhere online and watching it with my roommate at the time. So I watched this full thing one time in college. You've seen this yeah. before. I watched the whole Holy thing. And, and then once. he kept that one watch, and then 10 years later, he got to do a podcast about it because why would you watch this again? <laughs> I oh, yeah, no. I Through the years since I watched this the first time, I have seen little clips here and there yes. of like the really weird moments that people tend to latch onto. I had not watched the full thing since college. And so... There were definitely parts that I completely forgot about, and they were not good realizations this time. So, yeah, <laughs> I think somehow I, I do have the most experience with, with you, this. You do. You do. Uh, so, as I said in our other Star Wars episodes, I was born the summer of Star Wars. I was born in 77, and my parents took me in a little bundle to see, you know, I was a baby, so I have no memory of it, but I, I was I was taken to the theater to see the first Star Wars, and that, I feel like, set the tone of my life that I was going to be a goddamn Star Wars fan. And uh, I've said this before, I think there are two things in this world that are my favorite things. One is Star Wars, and the other is Mystery Science Theater. Those are my two favorite things. When I am not feeling well, I watch Mystery Science Theater. When I want to feel creative, um, I watch Star Wars. Like, those are the two go-tos. So I love Star Wars. I had heard about... The holiday special, probably right about 97 or 98, right about the time internet came to my town. Mm. And I never saw it. I saw little grainy photos, like still screen caps and stuff like that. And I had wondered for a while, like, is this real? 
did this really happen? And I asked my mother, and she was like, I have some memory of this. Like, I, I remember this happening. Uh, and I heard more and more about it, and eventually it was like, oh, yeah, it was a thing. George Lucas hates it, and it's terrible, terrible, terrible. And again, his words, if he could smash every copy that exists with a sledgehammer, he would. Yes. Mm. If he had the time or something like yeah, that. If he, yeah, if he, had the, if he had a sledgehammer and the time. He's got the time now. I'm sure he could afford a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> the Why nicest not? sledgehammer. Just drive around, smash all the copies. Uh, I've watched a lot of videos and read a lot of things about this, but this is the first time I've ever watched it all the way through. And let's just roll into this. What a fucking disaster. <laughs> this is... This is like... I just recently watched a film called Basket Case which is a, a cheesy horror film uh, from the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, that actually has some moments in it that are so upsetting, I found it unwatchable. Mm -hmm. It's like, not upsetting in a bad movie way, upsetting in like a horror way where I'm like, I don't like this. This is unwatchable for another reason. This is unwatchable, I don't understand what anyone was thinking. I don't know why I'm... What what I don't know who this is for. The video that we shared around that's on YouTube is interesting because at the beginning there is an ad for the Kenner toys, which are the first like the, the, notoriously there were no toys um, ready for sale when Star Wars came out. They weren't expecting it to be that huge of a hit, and so the marketing came afterward with all the toys. And they actually you you could get a, a gift certificate for a toy. That was not in production yet. You like you could buy also like a display stand. Yeah, like you could buy a really? big piece of cardboard. Yeah, and that like said, "Here's your piece of cardboard. In the future, you'll get toys." Yes, like we'll send you the toy when it's made. So the the moral of this, or the lesson from this, so the lesson from this is that nobody quite understood what Star Wars was yet. 1978 Empire is in production. But it is not; it has not come out. So all we have is that first movie. And technically, as we just said upstairs, Bill, mm -hmm. this is the first sequel this to is, Star Wars. There, there have been <laughs> yeah, there have been various skits before this, and they had realized this had boosted toy sales. And yeah. there was a big drive from producers to make more toy sales, which is why there are so many aliens that feature prominently in this movie. Yeah, well, they are also really worried, from what I've read and heard, that like. They, because of Empire coming out in like a year or two, that they were worried that people would kind of forget about Star Wars. Like right. they knew there was a lot of hype when it came out and people really loved it, but they were afraid that people weren't still going to be hyped a few years later. And so they were thinking of like, okay, how do we remember, like remind people that Star Wars is still a thing? Yeah. Let's put a TV special out. Right. Which in it, theory <laughs> makes sense. This is what happened then, though. Like this yeah. is what you did. Mm -hmm. And it's important to remember that. Like, there was no home video in 1978. Yeah. There was no internet. There was no way to keep up. Maybe you could see it on TV. Like, maybe. Depends on the movie. Depends on the rights. All of that stuff. But this, that that feeling of, like, I don't want people to forget the brand before the sequel comes out. But they did not understand that Star Wars had changed the world. Like, people weren't going to forget Star Wars. People weren't forgetting Star Wars. It was like it, it, and you can't know that when you're in the middle of it, right? Like it's hard. It, so it's like it's easy to have 2020 hindsight and go, 
well, if I was there, I would have known. No, you know, you probably wouldn't have. You wouldn't have understood any of this. So they're like, okay, we'll do a variety show. <laughs> now, I have to say, first of all, I hate variety shows. <laughs> because variety shows are all about, ooh, we fun, and I'm not that kind of person. Nick is not a fun guy. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no. a fun. I don't like fun. I don't like watching other people have fun. I don't. I, it. it I, I've, I was born an old man. <laughs> and uh, so going into knowing that, like I remember seeing, uh, there was even like, I liked The Muppet Show, mm-hmm. but yeah. I didn't like when The Muppet Show had specials that were sort of more of a variety show, even on top of that. I didn't like it when, I didn't like those Johnny Cash things or the Donnie and Marie things. The Donnie and Marie thing is where that other Star Wars skit was. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. one of them. Well, yeah, yeah, and uh, what a weird world that is. And I, I, I also don't even like uh, the Muppet episode where Mark Hamill. And say, I think if you watch more, like the Muppet Show, pretty much is a variety show every single. Oh, it is, yeah. Episode, but yeah, the the Star Wars one is it. It's I enjoy it, but it does feel like the tone of like what they were going for feels very much this sort of thing. Yeah. Like they're trying to singing and dancing. Splice. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it's, Muppet it's, Show does it much better than the holiday yeah. special. Yeah. Did. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm stuck because part there, usually I try to be like, well, is this bad or do I not just like it? And I think this is both. I think that it is, it is very bad mm-hmm. and it's very bad <laughs> and I don't like it and it's very bad. Yeah. But I would like to know, Anybody has anything positive to say? Jen. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Didn't like the cartoon? I hated every moment. Every of this moment. Whole what thing. was it? What was your realization cuz you said upstairs you thought this was going to be far shorter. Oh yeah, I thought it was like a 25 minute little <laughs> cute little thing that, you know, C3PO might dance around to some holiday tunes or something like that kind of bad. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was that. not prepared. No, I was yeah. not prepared, and that was another thing when we when we initially started talking about it. I I figured it was like a forty five minute thing, mm-hmm. like an hour of TV, right? Yeah, it's it was for two hours. Yeah, with commercials, people sat in their houses for like two hours watching this thing, which is I I don't understand how anyone did it, and how then they still went and see, saw the next Star Wars movie. But can you imagine being ten and Star Wars came out, and that's the movie of your like? Wait, did it come out in summer? It's the movie yeah. of your life. Yeah, it it's, came out it's, in summer. It's your summer movie. It's a hit. You're so excited that before Christmas, this came out before Thanksgiving. That oh boy, we're gonna see an other Star Wars thing, and you watch this, and you're ten, and you're just you learn disappointment. For the first time. Yeah, I feel like this is... This should have prepared us for The Phantom Menace. Well, that's why I feel like by by the time the people who were children who watched the holiday special, like, by the time they grew up and it was time for The Phantom Menace, Mm. they were probably like, well, they'll never do that to us again. That's a good point. And they didn't, to be fair... To be fair. Phantom Menace, much better than the holiday special, which is, uh, it's a weird bar to set. That's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, like... Yeah, it definitely should have taught some people, like... I bet what it did more than anything, it probably scared a lot of people off of Star Wars. Like, just in general. it was They were probably like, oh, no, I'm done with this thing. Like I don't don't need to watch I don't know if it would have. Like, this was common. Like, this type of thing was common at the time. They'd probably been like, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. I I just, like, the whole point of, like, what people latched onto with Star Wars was, like, 
laser sword fights, flying spaceships, like all these really What big- are the things we didn't get in this? Laser sword <laughs> fights, flying spaceships, except for one scene that's just lifted from Star Wars. Yeah, we get clips from Star Wars in this movie, and that's our only action scenes whatsoever. Yeah. Other than that, we get, like, stumbling around stormtroopers, messing up a kid's bedroom. That's pretty much the height of action. Yeah. Well, in, the, this- in the cartoon, there's a, a little bit more. Oh, yeah, no, the cartoon rules. But I, I, don't, I, I don't agree with you. But (laughs) um, we also need to point out the elephant in the room here that um, one of us likes the prequels in this room. It's not me. Not me. Okay, let's just call me out then. All right, we got to call Jen out. I I thought we alluded to it. We did. Oh, did we? Okay. I got to call. Talking about her her Star Wars. Oh right, yeah. Around that time, yeah. Yeah. I just got to call you out again. It's okay. We will never agree. That's okay. It's okay. Uh, I. Want to know what Bill has to say about positives? Positive things. Uh, I think the best of the bad is the cartoon. I'm not saying it's the greatest cartoon by any means, but compared to everything else, it's the best. Oh, Han looked so weird. Everyone oh, looks oh, so ab- weird. They absolutely look super weird. Chewie with his dead eyes. For me, it's more the... Uh... Yeah, the the visuals are weird. The performances are a little weird, mm-hmm. but it's the most Star Wars thing that happens in this special. Mm-hmm. It it was the most Star Wars thing. It it had the most sci fi world building going on in it. We get the introduction of Boba Fett. Yeah, did they true. say? Yeah, did, yeah it, it's very true. We never we don't know Boba Fett until this. This is his introduction to the Star Wars universe. Did um did they say what planet they were on? Uh, and that. In the cartoon, in the cartoon, do. when they when they crash into the spaghetti planet, yeah, uh, I just remember hearing it was a liquid planet. Did they say Ord Mantell? I don't think they said that Ord Mantell, familiar, but they but did say I do something. I think they said what it was called. Okay, because there's a line in The Empire Strikes Back where mm. Leia says, "You know, I thought you decided to stay," and he says, "Well, the bounty hunter we ran into on Ord Mantell changed my mind." Oh, um, I don't think it was Ord Mantell. I was gonna I, say I don't feel like they were that good at world building. Uh, I will say... They uh, had the script. I didn't know if it was like... At one point, because I read a lot of the Star Wars books growing up as a kid, you... Star Wars, the books especially do that thing where they'll put letters where they don't go, so you have to kind of guess how things are pronounced. Mm. And I thought the Wookiee planet was always Kashyyyk. It is, in every other But did you catch thing. that line where the guy, there's an Imperial who keeps showing up on a monitor to give, yeah. you know, curfews, and he calls it Kazook? Kazook, yeah. It is not okay. Kashyyyk in this film, it is Kazook. Great, I thought I was having an aneurysm. Nope. Nope. Okay. You were, this is just <laughs> long before I think they ever named the planet. And yeah. I think this was maybe a first draft at that. Okay. Because it's not that far off from Kashyyyk. It's not too far. Well, um, just like Wookiees and Ewoks, or just, the name is all it's, a, it's all yeah, jumbled. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that was probably, yeah, it was just it was like yeah. they needed a name for this thing. And later on, George Lucas was like, no, the name is actually Kashyyyk. Or yeah. Kashyyyk. Or Kashyyyk, one of the or, two. Or Kashyyyk. De- definitely not the Kazook. The great Kazook. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Flintstones, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Modern jokes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. From the 1960s. Uh, <laughs> the 1960s. <laughs> From before this, uh, before this special was made. Came out. Yeah, so I found the cartoon to be fine. <laughs> okay. Matt, what are your positives? Uh, my two main positives are the cartoon, because I do feel like uh, it, it was not the part I enjoyed the most, but I think it is the part that is the most Star Wars. Uh, the part I enjoyed the most uh, is B. Arthur. So and explain B. Arthur's. B. Arthur, oh, so yeah, we didn't really get into this. The beginning of this is very much like uh, um, 
like here's all the stars you're about to see in Musical this film. Musical guest. Yeah, exactly. But it's so it's the got... Jefferson Starship. I had never <laughs> heard the Jefferson Starship. Granted, they went from Jefferson Airplane to Jefferson, to Jefferson Starship. Starship to Starship yeah. back to Jefferson Starship. But I've never heard. You're the... learning things today, aren't you? I'm learning these too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had never heard of the Jefferson Starship. Same. But this one also didn't have Grace Slick in it, so that's weird. I it's it's a very weird but they have like the most boring mm, eh, I was gonna say the most boring. It's not. No. Uh, they have one of the most boring scenes. No, the Cirque du Soleil was the most boring. Disagree even on that really? one. Really? Uh, but so they list off at the beginning who's gonna be in this, and it includes B. Arthur. Beatrice. Be it, yes, that she gets the full name also, treatment. Because I think in, She wasn't famous yet. No, she had done mod. She just had a she, like, she was not a huge seasons. breakout like Maud was huge. Maud was big, but she had not done much else outside of Maud. So like, but it's still weird that if you'd be credited as B. Arthur and Maud, that they'd come in and say, "Now you're Beatrice." Yeah. Like when you do your Star Wars thing, if everybody's been calling you Matt Gatos, and then all of a sudden in one special they say, "And Matthew Gatos," it would yeah. be weird, even yeah. though that's what you prefer. Let's say to be fair, that's also how my life went because I was Matt Gatos up until the moment I moved to Missoula. Oh, now everyone calls me Matthew Gatos, so I feel you, B. Arthur. <laughs> um, but this movie also has Art Carney. Diane Carroll, the Jefferson Starship, and Harvey frickin' Corman. Um, and that's like your cavalcade of stars throughout this thing. And for me... Old people. Yes, for old people. Oh, this that's was, right, yeah. The, these variety shows were not for kids, really. These were for your parents. Um, Pretty much. Like, that's weird. kids didn't know who these people were. Like, Jefferson, Jefferson Starship, probably. The kids knew yeah, who Yeah, probably. Was. But everyone else, those were comedians for your parents. Um, but for me, Diane Carroll's scene will definitely get to super weird. <laughs> Jefferson Starship, weird and boring. Harvey Corman's the worst thing about this entire thing. Uh, Art Carney's all right. And B. Arthur is my favorite because as much as the cartoon is the most Star Wars thing, for me, B. Arthur's is the sort of like solo Rogue One side story thing that I like to see in Star Wars of like, oh, again, if you remove Harvey Corman from that scene... It is a very good scene Are of, you... like, a cantina owner uh, who has to deal with the Empire and has to deal with her customers and a curfew being enforced and what, it like, all that entails. I just got a mental image of just B, a Star Wars story. Yes. Give it to me. <laughs> I want the story of the cantina, and it's just, like, cheers. But with B. Arthur, who's no longer with us. Oh, a Star Wars sitcom. I mean, this is almost what that would be. I that, think. that is I don't think we want what, yeah. that. I mean, that is. This was basically. This is before Cheers, but yeah, very close to Cheers. So yeah, for me, that was. I think my biggest positive was B. Arthur's character and that whole scene situation because it feels very much like it feels like it's from a different show. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it has anything to do with this film. And the only reason we see it, which I do want to quote this, uh, so I wrote it down so that I wouldn't forget uh this is in the middle of the imperial troops and the stormtroopers they are at uh chewbacca's house and like interrogating his family or whatever and then all of a sudden the big screen bleep bloops the message <laughs> and uh it comes on and says this but it is... literally does i think yeah it, it's like bloop, 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 and it's like big uh, there's like 12 thing. different types of boops Graham was counting them 
there was also there was so many different bleep loops and so many different screens that I don't know like what's happening sometimes that like yeah. oh are you watching this for entertainment oh no you're checking to see if there's a ship in the area oh wait no you're communicating with Princess Leia <laughs> what is happening because they all just looked like TVs there was um, I think six main TVs yeah but they but not... like I thought they were using them interchangeably for different purposes which no smart TVs they, I guess. they were all single purpose televisions <laughs> yeah one can one only channel. watch cooking shows one can teach you instructions one can communicate with the Empire. But the one that communicates with the Empire is the one that bleep bloops and says, this is required viewing for all Imperial forces. And that comes on, I guess, just wherever they are. They have to stop and watch this, which is a weird side thing. But then It's very, like, Big Brother. Yeah. But then the TV says, time now for life on Tatooine. Brought to viewers everywhere in the hope that our own lives may be uplifted by the comparison and enriched with the gratitude of relief. This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited and hereby begun without further comment as to its lack of moral value. Wait, was it a show then? It's a show about how bad life is on Tatooine, so that way the Empire can keep control over their forces because they're like, well, you don't want to live on a planet that's not controlled by the Empire. Look how shitty it is. But no, no, no. Was B. Arthur's thing a show within... I think it was I sort of... I think it's like a documentary. Yes. But it was required viewing, which to me was like, that's that's terrible. That's, I mean... Why would you require this? I think it's like... it's like Why would you make anyone watch it's this? It's like a propaganda documentary of like, look at this shitty bar on this shitty planet where you definitely don't want to live because look at life without the Empire is terrible. But with the Empire, they're getting your cur... They're not without the... The Empire's imposing a curfew. That's fair. I'm not saying it makes sense. Oh, I'm saying okay. that's well, the logic then. of the film. <laughs> I'm saying that's the the that's why the B. Arthur scene is there. Yeah. There's a lot of these little like vignettes have very little explanation. The cartoon that we all kind of maybe voted as the favorite thing, also not me and Jen, not yet. Yeah, we haven't talked about your positives. To see if that made the list, but for me and Bill at least, it did not. All right, <laughs> the cartoon is watched by Lumpy. But he hides it when the Empire comes by. Right, so is he watching something that's actually happening? Because think... it's a story of like his dad and Han Solo and all these guys off venturing around. So he's watching the story of his dad that's a cartoon? I think it's more that it's pro-rebel propaganda. I'm a, Yeah. And I don't like saying propaganda because that gives this movie too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very strange that Lumpy is watching that. Yeah. It's very strange that Lumpy does anything. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> That's the sound he makes. <laughs> so, Nick, what are your positives? <laughs> okay, look, I got two. One of them is a positive within this, like, a positive about the thing. And that is, I actually felt sad when Lumpy, when they ransacked Lumpy's room and, like, tore the Bantha's head off of his so stuffed Bantha. And then he walks up and he's just still for a second. And I was like, and I, for me, it's like, I'm that, like, he, he's like a giant dog to me. And I was like, oh, the dog is sad. <laughs> and I was very sad. So it was effective, okay? I don't really like anything to do with the Wookiees. I appreciated some of Mala's responses to that robot when she got mad <laughs> that was trying to teach her to cook. Uh, but the Harvey Corman thing of it was just so bad that I, I couldn't do it. Actually, the worst thing for me was when he was doing the robot. Same. There was the robot thing where he yeah. kept and he kept slurring. He kept glitching. For those that don't know, because please, God, don't watch this film. No, don't. Uh, Harvey don't do Corman it. plays three different characters in this. I think so. At, At least. least three. At least three. He plays a Julia Child parody, multi armed Julia cook, Child, um, 
who is teaching Mala how to cook. Later on, Mala needs instructions to do something. Uh, no, Lumpy. Lumpy, Lumpy needs instructions. instructions on how to like set up a, a TV, a, a, something, a, something, some sort of transmitter thing. Yeah. yeah. And so he's watching a TV screen where Harvey Corman is like a broken down android who's giving in, like instructions. And then Harvey Corman also is in the B. cantina Arthur, scene yeah. playing an alien who pours drinks into his head and is in love with B. Arthur's character. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. But he is awful in all three of those, and they're the worst parts of the entire thing. They're pretty bad. They're but great. So, so there are things there. It's some weird stuff of just, like, hanging on these shots of an, of an expressionless. I was Actually, it reminded me of how amazing the shooting, directing, and, and acting of Peter Mayhew was for mm. Chewbacca in the movies because it was stunning to me how little life there was in Mala's face. Like, there was, like, nothing there. And the fact that they're in the Star Wars films, in the earlier ones at least, there's not a lot of life in Chewbacca's face as far as, like, there's not a lot of movement. Even his mouth barely opens in a lot of it. But you believe yeah. that that is a mm. creature, like, in the room. You don't think about, like, oh, look at that tall British It has guy. a lot to do with his head position, like, the way he does yeah. things, like, you know, like, he'll be looking down and kind of be like, mm. You know, and then you marry that with sound effects, and it's, you know, it's really impressive. But in here, there was just these dead shots of Mala looking back, uh. especially at, you know, pancake makeup Luke Skywalker. Telling her to smile. Te- yeah, come on, smile. Which, uh. Uh, <laughs> not, not that. Luke can speak Wookiee now? Apparently. Because he can't later in the cartoon or in any of the films, Or in any I of think. the movies. But he's talking to Mala. Like, perfectly. Well, no, he can speak Wookiee in The Last Jedi. But can he in any of the other older Star Wars films? I don't really remember. But I knew, I know specifically in it when it happened, I questioned it. And then later on in the cartoon, C-3PO insists that he goes with Luke so that he can translate. But I think the cartoon, again, I don't want to give this movie any credit, was a flashback. Yes. So it would be a less experienced Luke. I mean, like, a couple years at most. I, get, um, I guess I if you were living want, with someone every yeah. day, which he's not, I guess, but if I, you were, you we, would pick things we up. We keep trying to put this thing into the canon and make it make sense, <laughs> and I realize that's the wrong way to go about it because yeah. also this makes it seem that like in the time they've known each other, all of these heroes from the first film have bonded so much that they are all friends with Chewie's family, and they phone him. They phone them just for fun. Just on a regular basis. And yeah. it's like, no, I don't think that's what they're doing between those two films. So the, the other, other thing, the other, the other positive I have, it, it it's not even really a positive about the film. It, it just allowed me to sort of think about where they were in terms of production and thinking about the futures of these characters and and just technologically where they were. So it was fascinating to me that like they're using shots from the first Star Wars movie. They're using props and uh, costumes as well, but you can see Harrison Ford's hair is definitely Empire Strikes Back. Harrison Ford hair. Um, he's also put on a little bit of weight, which was good because he was super skinny in um, Star Wars. But also, they're using um, the Empire Strikes Back voice of Darth Vader. The original mm. Star Wars voice is not that great. It's fine. No, it does stick out of the three movies. Uh, James Earl Jones's performance is a little stilted in A New Hope, I'd say. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was a rush job as well because I think yeah, I can't remember exactly how it went down, but I do know this is the first time James Earl Jones was credited 
because yeah. he wasn't credited in Star Wars. Sorry, James. No, on purpose. He <laughs> no, didn't... I'm saying sorry, James, that this is your first Star Wars credit. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, but uh, but it was it was interesting to me because that that pulled me in a bit because I love that that the thing that they did with his voice in that movie in Empire Strikes Back. It is so good. And and his performance is so good, and makes me think he was already in the studio working on it for Empire. Because Irvin Kershner talked about, like Irvin Kershner, who directed Empire, worked on set. He would be the voice of um, Darth Vader, basically. So you, and he would do this voice, and he would talk about, it, and then he would really work with James Earl Jones in post. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think out of all of the movies with James Earl Jones, that one is very singularly Darth Vader. I'm like, that's the thing that we sort of expand out from with Darth Vader. And I, I really think that's cool. And so in here, it was like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, hey, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing like that happened with the Rebels series. So when I saw Rogue One, I didn't like the effect that they had put on Darth Vader's voice. It didn't feel like Star Wars. It didn't feel like Empire. It just It felt murky and, and sort of weird. I thought he looked cool. Especially in that scene that everybody hates, where he says, "You don't choke on your like." I I thought that scene was fine. I Shut up, Matt. I'm mute, and I appreciate it because it does look very <laughs> cool in his weird lava fortress. Yeah, but I fucking hate that line. So much. I know you do. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, in Rebels, there is a sequence where Ahsoka Tano from uh, the Clone Wars shows back up. Spoilers, and she has a throwdown with. Darth Vader and Darth Vader they're using the same it's James Earl Jones he's got the same performance from Empire and he's and they were using the same effect and it was just like god I love that I wish they do that thing more but alas they don't all the time so those are my two things one is just a simple effect on James Earl Jones voice and his performance that every time they showed him I was like oh hey cool that's really Darth Vader um and then I just felt sad for the Wookiee, the little Wookiee. <laughs> Those are my two positives. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this thing is just offensively bad. It's, but it's also like from its time. That's that is you know? one thing I was trying to remember while watching it is that this is a '70s variety show. Yeah. If you go back and watch a lot of them, they're going to be very similar to this in like their humor and their timing. Everything is going to be this because it's very much of the time. The problem is, is when you watch it as a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. expecting a Star Wars thing, it falls apart completely. It, it's just all of the Star Wars bits are no good. That's the problem. And like there's if, so few. Well, actually, mm, I might they, disagree. I think the the strongest points are the Star Wars bits because the weakest things for me like the harvey corman stuff is not star wars well no 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 no. Uh, let me rephrase that like the structure of it is like this is what a variety show was this is this is what you would expect to see so it's not like they didn't know how to produce a variety show what they didn't know how to do was produce a star wars variety show because i don't think you can do that now they wouldn't have known that at the time (laughs) They would have just ah, let's try a variety show. Let's do it mm-hmm. because I mean they even had Bruce Valanche. You shared uh, an interview with Bruce Valanche to me, yeah, which was actually really enlightening. Yeah, and it, it was very clear that he was brought in as like a comedy writer who didn't seem to know much about <laughs> Star Wars. He was like basically he had probably seen the first one and they like told everyone. him write 
a Star Wars holiday special and like add these comedians in. And so he also knew it was bad and like kind of just was like talking about it in the way of like, I don't know, we were asked to do that, so we did it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want to know my worst, the, the thing that I liked the least, the thing that yes. I hated the Tell most, us. the thing that I, I I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out, should I talk about this now or should I get everyone's worst? And then, because I, oh. I think I'm going to do that. Jen, what was the thing you hated the most? Like, if we had to make you watch all the... What is the one thing you could say, okay, but not that part? Please don't make it. Oh, really? I had to pick one, one part to yeah. not watch? It's like, this is about torture. I'm glad you're going first, because I have I don't want to go first for this question, because it's just too many... There's too many things. Just I, off the top of your head. What okay, was... Well, the thing that I hated immediately, and it was probably just because it happened first, but I hated that, like, a Wookiee family is just like a white bread, middle class. 1970s middle yep. class family. Like I hated that with every fiber of my being and I just couldn't get over it. father is a drug smuggler probably. They're... And it was like, I just want your kid to die and fall off that railing. <laughs> I thought the same thing. When he and... stood on that railing, I was like, please. Right? <laughs> yep. And I was like, obviously Chewbacca's a bad dad. He's not even around. I don't know why they, they need him here to be safe because obviously he's never around. He like, was never around. Yeah. He's so why, why yeah, is it a big deal? We've seen all of his adventures. We never yeah. heard once him say, I yeah. should probably get back to my kid. I was kid. like, he doesn't need a family. I hate everything that's happening. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a good point that I didn't even really think about when watching it was the fact that they're like a typical sitcom family. It's like the show Dinosaurs, where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. God, the, it is. The, like, it's a regular sitcom. The twist is they're dinosaurs. But I did like dinosaurs. That's, I like dinosaurs, but this is like that of like they're a yeah. regular family, but they're Wookiees. Ha ha ha. Their house, by the way, sorry to go on a tangent, was very 70s. It was a very yeah. normal, oh, yeah. despite being a giant treehouse, it was a very normal Like house. their bookshelves were very like that type of like wooden bookshelf that looked like it was in your like grandfather's den or they, something they and... did that thing where they try to throw some sci-fi glam on it where it's like there's a little bit more metal here than there normally would be <laughs> that's it yeah the 70s were a really bad time for sci-fi like really bad and that is one of the reasons that star wars stuck out so well is because it was like this is space fantasy so we don't have the meep moop everywhere we just it's it's like you know <laughs> It's sword and sorcery, but they have spaceships yeah. and laser guns, and that's fucking cool. That's cool. But if you leave it to TV people, they're like, how do we make it futuristic? And the whole point of the goddamn thing is it's not futuristic. It's way, way, way in the past. Their technology just evolved differently than ours. Yeah. yeah. The it, Which actually is something I've only recently realized that I love about Star Wars is the fact that it's like – it's not that it's even futuristic. It's just their technology evolved off of something different. Like ours was fossil fuel-based. <laughs> And theirs was something else, and and so crystal and force based something, right? Yeah. Like it, it's just they they. You just made me really want to know, and also not. Know no, I don't want to know the about entire, the midi like the entire history of the world of Star Wars of like were there dinosaurs? Well, yeah, we see a crate, Fett's driving a one. crate dragon. Crate dragon's not a dinosaur. I mean, it's a lizard, which is a bird, which is I, <laughs> I know some science. <laughs> Right in. Let us know if a crate dragon is also a dinosaur. Probably. And a know. dragon. And a dragon. Is it a dragon? I don't think it is. I think it's just a big <laughs> lizard. Anyway, so Bill, what was was your worst? If I had to choose one, it was the circus scene. And that's really. I'm not saying it won by a large margin. It's I, just early on, and I think it's the first worst thing. It was it was it definitely was the first, it was the most impactful bad thing it was definitely the moment where i went oh no yeah that's what uh 
I had watched it like a few days yes. before the rest of you guys, and then there was like a group text going, and I said I made it eight minutes before I started breaking. Yeah, and because that's when that's the eight minute mark. I is think the dancing scene. I would say it's when the dagger goes in, and the rest <laughs> of the movie is the twist. The slow hour and twenty minute twist. Yeah, Matt, what's your worst? Ooh, I feel like I need to pick a different one because I've already shit on Harvey Corman enough. <laughs> so besides it's... Harvey Corman, um. Ooh, that's a hard one now. Because I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Jefferson Jefferson Starship. It's pretty bad because it's a terrible song. It's a terrible song. It's not a good that's song. the one. Like I tried to do this without like looking at my phone or texting yeah. or anything the whole time I was watching oh it, God. and that is the one. <laughs> th- that is the moment where I couldn't help myself. Like I was like, I need to do something else because I can't watch this. I need to look away. Jefferson Starship um, has some good songs. But this is definitely not one of this them. This is not one of them. I don't remember anything of it. Other terrible than like They song. reference the word star and maybe vanishing without a trace. You're on, a f- you're on fire. Something. Set the, set the um, sky on fire. Ooh, Something. Diane Carroll's a close second. But I'm going to vote Jefferson Starship for the worst. I would thing. say that Diane Carroll is salvaged only because it's so weird. It's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable when, and weird. When the song starts, the song is... The song saves that. The song is fine. To, okay, so what we're talking about, and then we'll get to Nick's least favorite thing. Unless, yes. it, unless your least favorite thing is this. No, it's not. Okay, cool. Um, we haven't talked about there, my least favorite there's thing. There's another wow. screen we didn't mention. Yeah, there's there's many screens. The Jefferson Starship thing happens in like a hologram box that they just use to like distract an Imperial officer for a while. Art Kearney does a bunch of shenanigans around this box for yeah. 15 minutes. And then makes the Imperial officer watch it for a while. Uh, but then there's the other screen... Which is the most uncomfortable screen scene in the whole thing is when Art Carney, who is throughout this film, he is like a trader. He has like a trading post mm-hmm. that he works with the Imperials, and uh, but he's know. a member of the Alliance. Yeah, and he, but he's like, he seems like he's like smart and coy and like knows how to work his way around the system a little bit. He feels like the only actor who wants to be here. Matt B. Arthur does a good job too. Yeah, I see. I, the thing with like both of them is they are both sort of like a slice of what star like real Star Wars characters that would exist, like as offshoots of movies of like, oh yeah, no, I, a character like that makes sense in the world of Star Wars. Like I did not hate Art, Art Carney yeah. in this. And he's used mostly as a translator throughout a lot of it. I did, but, and he had one joke that I actually laughed at. Which one? Where he's talking about him gaining weight from his photo and he can't stop laughing. Oh yeah. I did, I did appreciate that his... <laughs> <laughs> but he is, he brings them all sort of like gifts. Like he brings Mala, uh, what's he bring her? I don't remember... Was well, it something for cooking? It might be something for cooking, but I then he brings uh, he brings like the Jefferson Starship music box for Lumpy originally, yeah. and then he sits over. He brings to Itchy, the grandfather of the the group. He brings him like this little like hard drive disc thing that Itchy then takes over to his VR chair, sits in, brings down his helmet, and watches. And what you know, something's off because when he gives it to him, he's like, "This is a little uh, well, you know, like it's a very like." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You're gonna like this one, and I'm like, this is, this is really creepy, guys. And turns out that's not the end of the creepiness, because it turns on, and it's Diane Carroll, like moaning, a lot, and also straight up saying like, I am your fantasy. I am everything you wish for. I can make your dreams come true. Oh yes, that feels good. Do whatever you want to me. Like it's yeah, it's soft core VR porn. One of the producers literally said that they made that purposefully so that they could like sneak soft core porn onto TV. Like they, it was like a joke to them. It was like a weird thing. Like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we put like soft core porn on TV? Yeah, let's do it. So funny. 
Yeah. Yeah, hilarious. hilarious. And they also said Cher turned down that role. Yep. Good move on you, Cher. Yeah. yeah. They approached a few musicians for that, and they, yeah. and they Diane all Carroll, smartly said no. Diane Carroll apparently wanted to do it. Um, um, but yeah, that's that's another, that's my like honorable mention for least favorite thing. It's just because it's one of those things... I never thought I'd be watching a Star Wars film and being like afraid of my mom walking in. My mom lives two thousand <laughs> miles away, and I was afraid of her walking in while I was watching that scene. <laughs> yeah, Nick, what's your least favorite moment in Carrie Star Fisher Wars? sings? Mm. Oh, uh. and it is—it's not just because like she's not a bad singer, but the song is god awful. And she, look, I love Carrie Fisher. I'm pretty sure she was stoned um, <laughs> through this whole thing. Yeah. There, I, it was the most painful thing for me to sit through. It was like this song that comes from nowhere and goes nowhere, and she's just sort of. I don't even remember the words. Something about growing, finding love and unity and bullshit, and it, it is. It was at that point. That was when I texted all of you. End. 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 I was. That's where I was really cracking. Like everything else, I was like, okay, I remember a lot of the '80s, and I watched a lot of daytime TV in my summers off, and so I saw a lot of '70s reruns. This is that. It's horrible. I don't like it. When we got to that, and Harrison Ford is standing behind her, all uncomfortable looking, and obviously doesn't want to be there. He looks down for a majority of this movie. Yeah, he, he, I think he just chose. He's like, you know what? You're gonna pay me. I'm not gonna use my face to express anything. I'm just gonna say the words you told me to say. Also, and accept the check. Knowing about him and Carrie Fisher, he, it's possible he was stoned too. Yes. Yeah. So, hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Can I read the inspirational quote that she says before she launches into song? Oh God, Please. go for it. This holiday, oh, so the, to set this up, this is when they finally got together for Life Day. The, Life Day. The Chewbacca's are all together. The Chewbacca's. They, they the, all the Bacas. The Bacas. They all. Is that their surname. Yeah, Lumpy Baca, uh, <laughs> Mala Baca, Ichi Baca, Ichi Baca, <laughs> and Chewbacca. Um, so they all go it's grab their Chewy snow globes Baca. off of the shelf. They raise them into the air, and they are suddenly transported to another realm. Of Wookiees wearing red cloaks. Yep. Which I was like, this is like a weird Wookiee heaven thing. What's happening? And then our heroes from the Star Wars films show up, and it makes even less sense somehow. <laughs> um, but then, to interrupt their Life Day celebration, Leia walks in and says, This holiday is yours, but we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the Tree of Life. Up until that last sentence, that could sound like a speech in 2018. Uh-huh, yeah. That last sentence is when I'm like, wait, what's the Tree of Life, though? Because is this holiday just celebrating the big tree they're standing in front of? This is a prequel to Avatar. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> Well, yeah. the, tree, the tree does does get called back to in the Last Jedi. Where the it's whole not the same tree. That's not the same tree. Prove me wrong. I mean, we probably I'm not telling can. you. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Did they go visit? What was it? Octo? Kazook? Kazook two is actually Kazook the whole time. Oh, this stupid movie. We <laughs> we figured it out. Now, a special moment here on Real Bad. We had a few people who couldn't be here with us today, but decided instead. 
to give us written statements. First up <laughs> is Sam Schultz giving his written statement to Matthew Gatos. Matt, please, what did Sam have to say? I have to ask, how did this even happen? That these did they request to submit these written statements? Sam did, you... did. Okay. Sam requested it. Okay. And, and then I was like, oh, let's get Bill's wife and somebody else, and and and, and so that's that's where we are. Okay. I didn't know how this happened. I just knew I got an email from Sam that was like, read this on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so here is Sam's uh, thoughts. Possibly the most pointless thing to ever exist, the Star Wars Holiday Special nevertheless manages to find a strange beauty at the intersection of mundanity and insanity. As Chewbacca's wife and son wander between viewing screens and grunt while Grandpa masturbates, I, <laughs> I tried to process how any of this ended up existing. Then the Jefferson Starship showed up. I realized I wasn't even halfway done, and I surrendered myself the holiday special to the Holiday Special's dark magic. I laughed at Princess Leia doing her taxes. I cried as Lumpy cradled his broken bantha doll. I swooned over Art Carney's deep V-neck. I screamed at Itchy's horrible nightmare mouth, and I really enjoyed that crazy cartoon. Luke flies a Y-wing. What the heck? There, there is one thing I think is legit valuable about this special. It provides us with basically our only look at civilian life and impact the, the Empire has on it in a non-expanded universe piece of Star Wars media. We see stores, food, advertisements, living rooms. It's all mostly boring, but it adds context that I've always found Star Wars was sorely lacking. So, in conclusion, and probably surprising to no one, this holiday special is good and would be even better if Ernest was in it. I remain, as always, <laughs> your friend, Sam Schultz. Happy Life Day and God bless. Thank you, Sam. I did enjoy his Star Wars sign-off, or Star Trek sign-off of I Remain, as always, your friend. Yes. Yeah. That is so good. That was a real Peter Travers, like. (laughs) (laughs) He was the most. Mm. Um, Okay, so mine is from Marianne Fernandez Silva. Did Uh, she watch this? Yes. Oh. She did. She did. And it so begins. This was dumb and creepy. (laughs) And I don't really care about this. Clearly, this was about merch and definitely not branding. I can't believe I, I can't believe people say the worst things to happen to Star Wars are Disney and or people of color when this special exists in the world. Two screeching tea kettles. This was not <laughs> worth preempting Wonder Woman or the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I agree with that, by the way. Yeah. Seriously, the only holiday specials allowed to exist anymore are the ones with either Mickey or Kermit in them. <laughs> Everyone else can step off. Did I just write this whole thing to make Nick say step off twice? Yep. In summary, this was garbage. Disney animation or Jim Henson holiday specials for life. The end. Well said, Marianne. Well said. Thank you, Marianne. (laughs) Oh, man, that makes me want to go watch the Sesame Street slash Muppets Christmas special now. I want to watch the Otter. Uh, Emmett Otter's Otter's Chug Bag Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, These are all real good suggestions. Mostly because I've seen the the outtakes and they're hilarious. Mm -hmm. Bill, your wife wrote one. Yeah, so I watch all these movies with my wife who I love very much. I'm going to try and uh, get her enunciation correct on some of these because she told me it was very important. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Friends, this was weird and boring, but I didn't hate it as much as Billy did. Things I liked. Everyone is so glam. I loved all the boys in eyeliner. The cartoon was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I will always be happy to see a golden girl, even if it's not Rose. Harrison Ford can get it. <laughs> I got to hear Billy say, you don't bro hug your wife. And no one poked or licked anyone's hole. We'll come back to this. Things I really hated. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Anytime a Wookiee was on screen. The blackface cooking segment that lasted forever. The circus performance. Luke telling Mala to smile. Ick. Anytime a Wookiee was on screen. (laughs) In conclusion, 
This is really terrible, and I am sad that my husband had to watch something he loves so much crap its own pants. <laughs> <laughs> I would never watch it again. On a scale of existence to maximum overdrive, it's just a smidgen above existence. I really hated existence. I'm still mad at Nick because he made me watch existence. Love, Jenna. (laughs) Thank you, Jenna. I deserve that. In defense of one part of that, I don't believe the cooking section is meant to be a blackface. No, and I texted everyone about this. He has darker tan-ish orangey makeup on. And it, but it's very clearly like a Julia Childs in, mm. per, impersonation, so I don't think... I think he had purple makeup on that did not age well on my very cheap projector. It's also from like a VHS rip uploaded yeah. to YouTube, so the quality is not great. No. Yeah. 1978, they would have recorded it in 1978. Mm-hmm. That It might have even been a beta rip to a VHS. Did. Yeah. To a digital <laughs> format, like it, yeah. who knows? I do like that in the title of it on YouTube, though it yeah. says HD, <laughs> because HD. you can just say that and it doesn't mean. I mean, mean if anything. you put it in an HD timeline and scale it up, there yeah. you go. Yeah, we're all video editors here. We know. we know how that works. We know how this works. Uh, okay, do we want to say anything else? I have so much. Nick. I have a few things. <laughs> so many things. I want to say. Panda Baba has both his arms. <laughs> who? Panda Baba. Oh my God, he does. He he's does. In, he's in this. He's. Again, for those that don't know, he's the walrusy-ish looking man in A New Hope that Obi-Wan cuts off his arm. I think when he was originally released, he might have been just called Walrus Face. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, in this, he is dancing with B. Arthur at her cantina and has both his arms. That's which, what I said. To be fair, there are many aliens in Star Wars that they make look identical. There's like 10 Greedos who just look like Greedo. And they have the same outfit. And the same vest and mm-hmm. everything. So maybe it's just one of those cases. I think it was a recycled outfit. I think so too. You said it in the same cantina and you have the same like costume, the same coat and everything on him. It looked like Panda Baba, only with both of his arms now. Yeah. So that was weird. Um, the stormtroopers in this movie also suck. They Could they see? Could they see to watch a Star Wars film before they were in a Star Wars film? They also film? held their guns so weird. It was like, they was like, is this right? And then the director was like, that's fine. Keep going. Yeah. Hold the barrel. <laughs> like, hold the trigger and the barrel at the same time. Is it Panda he Baba? He was Walrus Man. He's Walrus Man. When he first came <laughs> When out. Kenner first released him. Uh, two things I learned about this. Uh, so we, we know that uh, lighting in TV and film is very important. That house that we commented on earlier, the 70s Wookiee house, they had built four actual walls. Yeah. So lighting and camera crews didn't really fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a problem. I also just wanted to comment real quick. My favorite line was Harrison Ford's when he said bye. <laughs> it was just the most non-Star Wars thing you could say. It's yeah. like, you guys all mean a lot to me. Bye. Well, he also says, I, I put this in my notes, it doesn't sound like he says, have a happy life day. It sounds like he says, have a happy left day. Oh, he did it all in one take. Like, it was clearly like, I, like, did you say life day? That's kind of the most important line. He's like, I he, just said it. It's there fine. was some poor script supervisor was going like, Mr. Ford, and he just looked at them, and <laughs> they stopped. <laughs> well, also, they had the entire cast for one day. Really? That makes sense. Yeah. That, was, that makes all the sense. Well, at least that's what I read. That they did all of the the Wookiee stuff, and then they did all the other, you know, the non Star Wars cast stuff over a week or something. But the the they only had the main players. For they didn't have the whole day. cast though. The, the other production thing that's mentioned in an uh, article on Mental Floss is that all these costumes are much heavier than you would think, and that you know you get really hot. And this is, they're shooting in California, as far as I, I, I think they are. Oh, under studio lights. Under yeah. studio lights, yeah. it's in California, which is always hot. 
and you're wearing fur on top of fur, uh, they had to take a lot of, they took frequent breaks for the Wookiees so they could have like oxygen supplies given to them. So I guess that slowed down production a lot more than they were expecting, which is all for this, all for this. (laughs) None of it was worth it. None of it. Except maybe the cartoon. Maybe. Uh, No, that was not worth it. No. (laughs) Nick mentioned (laughs) that the entire cast was here, but they weren't. Oh, no, that's there was right. somebody sorely missed. There was a glaring because I noticed it from the opening credits. They were like yes. Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, and R two D two as R two D two. And I was like, well, what what happened to Kenny Baker? Is he just not credited? Turns out he wasn't used. They used a remote control version of R two D two and did not let Kenny Baker be inside of it like normal. Which I feel bad that I don't think I would have noticed that. Like, sorry, Kenny Baker, that your performance as R2-D2 was apparently easily replaced. I was wondering why he wasn't there. Yeah, but that's why in the opening credits, he's R2-D2 as R2-D2, which is a fun credit. But Kenny Baker did not get invited to this party. I'm sure, you know, afterward, he was like, well, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the one person who can deny I'm not attached to that thing. Yeah. Oh, Lord. We also didn't really talk about the... Like, the very, very end, like, in the summary, we kind of said that, like, Princess Leia sings a song, and then it just kind of ends. But after that, it just goes to a montage yes. of Star, Star Wars, Wars moments. <laughs> what was it? Was it supposed to be Chewbacca's Star Wars moments? I don't know, because it, it's like, yeah, Chewbacca's face is on screen. Yes. And then, it, like, he just stares at the camera. Yeah. And then it goes into a montage of moments from Star Wars to be like, hey, remember all that good stuff that happened? All right, back to Chewbacca's face. The end. And that's, that's. I feel like it was both for time and somebody going, oh, no, there's not enough Star Wars in this Star Wars. We need more Star Wars in our Star Wars, Put guys. more Star Wars in that Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. I was like, every time that music came out, the bam, ba-da-dam, ba-da-dam, ba-da-dam I was like, yeah. <laughs> I want to watch a better movie. Actually, I did, when this was over, I immediately started watching scenes from The Last Jedi. That makes sense. Because I was like, let me feel good again. <laughs> let me feel good about Star Wars. Uh, we were able to find and watch the cut of Wonder Woman that was cut that week. Huh. Really? So yeah. you got to watch what was preempted what, what by What was it. preempted, yeah. It was better, right? No. <laughs> That's yeah. the other thing that we have to think about. Like TV was not great. It then. was not great. <laughs> they, they were super cheap, um, flying by the seats of their pants. Like, it was... Yeah. It it was not like the thing that actually was good in that era. Good uh, relative, like sitcoms were really good mm-hmm. in that era, and I would say better than they are now mm-hmm. in a lot of respects because they were just really in their prime. Uh, but like, yeah, dr- dramatic TV wasn't there. There were a few things. You had Roots, which was good. You had you know these one-off things, but by and large, seventies television was god awful. It was just embarrassing. And this is the shining example of it that we just watched. Yes. The peak <laughs> of the... 70s television. Yeah. Okay. We need to move on. <laughs> so bad. How do you fix this? Like, how, how could this even be fixed? Matt, how, tell me, how would you, could you fix this? Would you fix this? Would it help me? I have three suggestions. Okay. One. I have not made my feelings secret, but remove Harvey Corman from this thing. <laughs> entirely. Just entirely. Yeah. Remove everything he does in this entire thing. Because... Who's that Imperial guy who had too much chapstick on? <laughs> Are you I talking mean... about the mustache guy? 
No. The other one? The officer. Oh, the in, one who was like oh, very much in the close-ups just was like, yeah, yeah. a little bit of a scar. You yeah. stay behind. He had too much chapstick on. <laughs> Take some of that chapstick off. That was the look back then. Uh-huh. Um, but he, uh, Harvey Corman can just come out, like we talked about, most of his sections have no impact on the little thin plot that there even is. Uh, yeah, so cut him out. My second, second suggestion is to cut this whole thing in half. Make it the, like, 40 minutes that Jen thought it was. I thought it was 25. Oh, even more. Even better. You know yep. what? Try to get this under a half hour, guys, mm-hmm. with commercials. Um, Look, I could understand an hour. I wouldn't yeah. like it, but I could understand it. Yeah. Two hours? I think cutting this, like, in half helps a lot because you can cut down on the long the scenes that go way too long. You can have – I mean, at that point, I think you could even leave some Harvey Corman stuff in. But let, like, cut away to the screen, let him do, like, a joke, and then cut back to the story. Mm-hmm. Like, let him be, like, a little one-off, like, he's a glitchy robot, ha, 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 move on. Like, don't make us watch him for five, seven minutes, whatever. And then my third suggestion is to add subtitles to the Wookiee scenes, because we have to endure, like, ten minutes straight at the beginning of this thing, watching a family dynamic play out of three people we've never seen on screen before, we don't really know what's going on, and then suddenly Cirque du Soleil shows up. And that all happens without any sort of interruption from an English-speaking like character, like Luke Skywalker eventually shows up. But up until that point, there's nothing happening, and it's so long. And man, when that Cirque du Soleil thing starts, your eyes just glaze over. You're like... That's like I the... Know. I think that's one of those things of like... I agree with Bill that it's definitely one of the worst things in the movie, but it also sets the bar for what this is about to be in in the worst way. Like you're watching it and you see that happen. You're like, uh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is going to be very bad. Like not just like some of the things we watch on this podcast are like, Oh, it's poorly acted or poorly written. Like it's, they're, they're trying whatever the moment that Cirque du Soleil thing happens and Lumpy turns the hologram into like a life-size dancer that's in the room with him and then shrinks back and disappears and nobody else is acknowledging what's happening and there's no reason for it to be happening. That's when you know this whole thing's going to be a mess. So, um, yeah, fourth suggestion, cut that thing out. There you go. <laughs> Jen, how would you personally fix this? Oh, man. Well, this – okay, this whole situation has thrown me into a strange place because usually I'm defending things that I love that you hate <laughs> or that you have many problems with and you're like, this is terrible. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. And I can see the good in so many things. And I, I, I think that makes you a better person than I am. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Trait, yeah. this, with... is, this is a positive trait that we all agree is on you. Okay. I'm the negative person here. Well, that's with that, that's why this is weird because you guys are all finding like little <laughs> shiny parts and I want to destroy everything. It At the end, I felt like I had become a true Sith Lord in my soul because it was just you everything. Were I hated everything. You had hate. I had so much hate. It, it all trans- I had yeah. so much hate and violent tendencies that I had to, I had to watch some Westworld and just imagine I was, I was murdering some, Jen some just turns people. to camera, her eyes glowing yellow, yeah. and goes off and murders some younglings. That's what happened. Not the younglings. <laughs> <laughs> if this is what you have to offer, Star Wars, <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah. 
Well, that's, I mean, Tobin, Ad, Tobin Addington, who is a uh, recurring guest on here, has uh, usually when we ask him, he says, well, first thing you do is you burn it down. You burn it completely down. So I think that's where you are. <laughs> Just burn it down. And it's strange. I'm not that person. So I don't, I don't know. That's, it was that bad. There you go, Bill. I just like that this episode made someone who's a good person into a bad person. <laughs> you just made a villain. We turned her to the dark side. <laughs> was my plan. Oh, it's uh, the most positive Star Wars thing that exists. <laughs> Give in to your hatred. <laughs> yes. Um, Unlimited power! <laughs> Strike me down. Rise. <laughs> Seriously, though. <laughs> uh, I agree Doth that <laughs> it should just this a lot of it should just be cut. Uh, if I had to keep anything, it would have been the cartoon. Uh, if I wanted to fix it in another way besides just it being a longer cartoon was uh, maybe C-3PO should have been in the beginning as a translator. Uh I also talked. Oh, to you me. want it to be like you know, you want it to fit with the rest of the story. I would uh, like if there was oh, a tie-in. That tie makes in. so much sense because he shows up everywhere he doesn't need to be in all the movies. Yep. He <laughs> and you could easily just like, oh, C three PO stayed behind while Han and Chewie went on this thing. He's just here for yeah. some reason. And then he can be miserable. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, oh, I don't, blah blah blah. And just, <laughs> great, great. You're there. You're telling us what they're saying. That's fine. Uh, alternatively, just. I, I talked to Nick about this, and I was trying to figure out why the Jim Henson Company and the Muppets specifically weren't more involved in this. Because they had done variety shows. They went on to do a Star Wars episode in 1980, around the time Empire came out. Yep. I'm not saying it would have made it great, but it would have made it probably better. Right. Yeah. And it falls to me. Uh, honestly, I think you burn it down. You you don't, there's no, you can't salvage anything from this, I don't think. I do want to reiterate, I think it's hard to really be, I'm not, look, I'm not that kind to George Lucas most of the time. But I do think he was in a very weird position in 1978. I think that is mm -hmm. probably the weirdest position to be in because when you're living in it, you don't know that you and frankly, your team of editors, have changed the world. Like, you changed how movies are made, how they're marketed, um, who goes to see movies, what we expect out of movies. Like, I mean, he probably didn't know that. He just thought it was a success. And, and it wasn't supposed to be a success. Like, he wasn't even there for the premiere of Star Wars. He went to Hawaii with Spielberg, thinking it was going to be a disaster. So... I, even as much as I don't like this and I think he made the wrong choice, I think he knows that. And I would say, though, if I were to go back with the knowledge I have now and it's like you have to do something, I'd say you do an hour-long cartoon. You know, you do – it doesn't – this variety – it does. I talked to Bill about this where I feel like one of the strongest things everything in Star Wars has is so small and it's just a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That – bit of storytelling is so incredibly powerful and so I mean it's once upon a time that's what it is but it's in its own way and it so separates everything from where we are that I love it I think I've told this story before but one of my great fears actually this isn't even my story this was a, a, a um, another podcast I listened to talked about this fear and then it became my fear um, 
was at the end of The Force Awakens, which I love. I think The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are just tip-top. Um, but I, uh, there is this fear where it's J.J. Abrams, who did Lost, and the Millennium Falcon is flying onto this blue world, and he had this thought, which was, oh my God, it's going to be present-day planet Earth. Oh my God, it's going to be present-day planet Earth. Now, it wasn't, but that was the fear. And I think because of that, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars doesn't join well with our reality. Like, you you, you just can't. It does not work. And having people like, you know, Harvey Corman show up and Art Carney and all of these people and, and doing it in a very 1970s way, it just, it's cataclysmic. It just does not work. So I would say burn it down. If you had to do something, you make a cartoon out of it because I think the cartoon, even though I didn't like it, at least it's like, it's a Star Wars story. It's like there were comic books of the time. There were Star Wars comic books that were very similar to that thing, and they're fine. They even had a giant bunny who's apparently been reintroduced to canon. So so is Lumpy, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lumpy's in one of the new novels. <laughs> um, I have a question before we move on to the next part of, do you, like, we were just talking about fixing this. Do any of you think that if they announced a new Star Wars holiday special, <laughs> there is a version of it that works? And what does that look like with our current cast of characters from the, the new trilogy? I'll go last because I have feelings. I mean, it doesn't need to be too, like, if you just say yes or no, or if you have any like ideas. I was just thinking about that during this of, like, if they announced, like, next year, coming to your TVs, ABC. Star Wars Holiday Special. Two. Two. No, they would not acknowledge the first one. I think that's a good and terrible question at the same time. <laughs> not not that it's a bad question, but I'm, I'm thinking of the current cast yeah. with John Boyega and Daisy Ridley, who I think are terrific. Mm-hmm. Because they are. I think it would be more like a Saturday night, Saturday night Live type of thing, which is, again, more of a variety show, if we're going to go the humor route. I don't know. There's nothing I can say. I would not see it knowing this exists. See, if I didn't, I may. My first thought is that you'd have to let the droids lead it. If you have like sure. a BB-8, like R2-D2, C-3PO hanging out, doing a sort of holiday thing, and I feel like Poe Dameron could show up, because I feel like he's got some comedy chops, and like oh, yeah. handle some of the humor in the film. I think it's not a thing where you can throw, like, you can't throw the bad guys in there. Because they can't be a part of it. I don't feel like you can make them funny because I think it ruins everything. Yeah. I don't want to see Kylo Ren being like, How do I how do I decorate a tree? Like No, but you know <laughs> And he just gets angry and chops he just it slashes down. the tree he in did half. A, he did a good Saturday Night Live bit. He, he oh, absolutely. That's Kylo too. Ren. Yeah. I'm saying like an in canon. Like Star in-canon? Wars. Holiday I don't think special. you could do it in canon. I, I just I, I I'm not saying you can. I'm saying I'm I'm wondering if it's possible. Jen? I mean, is there is there a good holiday special in the world ever? Because it sounds like a terrible plan to me, no matter what the context Doctor is. Doctor Who this does point. okay. Doctor Who does great holiday specials. Okay. No, are they holiday specials or are they holiday episodes? Yeah, that's different. Well, that's uh, okay. Your definition of special then? Are you saying that it's like a 
Hello, audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're like, doing it, are we doing a variety show? Are we canceling Wonder Woman for this? <laughs> I need to know. And I guess in this case, it would be, are we canceling the CW's The Flash and Green Arrow line? Are we pushing The Flash and Green Arrow <laughs> to next week? Instead of Wonder Woman 1984, this is going to come out in theaters instead. Um, oh, no. Yeah, no. Uh, no, I was thinking more of like, yeah, like, could you do a special, like, to the talking to the audience type thing? Like, even more so of like, than this, like, because this obviously, like, I'm not saying like, you're not. There's a there's a line there. It's like fourth wall stuff where this variety show, the original, did not break the fourth wall. It's not saying welcome to the Star Wars holiday special. I'm Mala. I'm Lumpy. Um, and I'm itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I need to go to my chair. Um, but just. <laughs> <laughs> but there is like a line there where it's like it knows it's also not trying to convince you that it's a movie. So I feel like that's the, the line it needs to ride. And I, I'm again, I'm not saying it can be done. I kind of agree with Bill. I feel like if they joined with SNL to do like a week, a, a SNL special that was like based around Star Wars, they could do several different kinds of skits and make it good. Yeah. But that's probably the limit of what I would ever want to watch. Yeah, I mean, this kind of rolls into my real good, so I, okay. I don't want to say too much. But I think there are ways, especially if you do it with comedy in mind, I think it could be done. The there, the problem is, is you have a lot of actors. We talked about this last week with like I think Schwarzenegger is a good actor. I don't think he's a good improv no. actor, and that problem arises there was a skit that daisy ridley and and luke skywalker and mark Mm -hmm. hamill uh did together force for change i think Mm -hmm. um and it's just obvious they're not improv comedy actors Mm -hmm. and it's kind of painful to watch so i don't know how you would really pull that off but i i just don't unless unless you go full-on comedy with it and then you have a talent like Bill Hader, like you know who did the voice of BB-8, sort of. Uh, you know, like I think he has the chops to do something like that, mm-hmm. and it could be fun. I would love to see. There was a comic for a while that I can't remember the name of, but I've mentioned it before. That is uh, two bumbling stormtroopers that just sort of end up in the worst possible moments for a stormtrooper to be in. In the oh, Tag and Bink yeah. are dead. Yes, or aren't it? What, it's it's one? supposed to be like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, kind yeah. of. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, stuff like that. I think you could make it work, and I think you could make some sort of holiday spin out of it. Mm. But man, you you can't do you can't do this. Like, I figured out not how to make this work. This is, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do think this is a broken concept. But I figured out what could be like a short that I think could work to introduce Life Day kind of into canon. That. It doesn't need to be in canon. No, no. All of this is unnecessary. Okay. But if but, somebody gives us $5 million and but, says, come up with a concept, this is I what got we're it. pitching. I got it. We're, get, we're giving it to Matt and say, Matt, go. Well, because I was trying to think of like what characters could you involve in this sort of side story that wouldn't feel like you're pulling too much away from the main plot. Because I feel like if you like try to involve Ray, you're like, she's got bigger issues going on. Uh, so I say you have Rose, who is celebrating her first life day. Without her family, Aww. without her, yeah, without her sister, and so she I'm just sad. Oh yeah, it's su- it starts off super sad. A lot of Christmas things do. Uh, I, that's true. <laughs> but it'll start off sad, and so therefore, then Poe and Finn have to help her celebrate life and day. BB eight, and of course BB eight, um, and they all help her have a nice life day. As uh, our coworker Maya says, BB great, <laughs> BB great. 
That can be the sign-off line of the special. <laughs> as always, be be great. Be great. Uh, uh, sorry to add a section to this podcast. That's but. okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I don't, I, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we came to any conclusions on how to fix that, but that's okay. But now we need to rate it. Um, each one of us has our own rating system. Bill, yours uh, is what we're going to start with. Great. How do you rate this? Uh, so I don't have a traditional rating system, but I do watch these movies with my wife, who I love very much, and she gives certain looks to these films when something very bad happens. This movie was just looks all the way down. Uh, I wouldn't say there. I can't number it this time. It was just bad and she infinite. Left, infinite looks. She left to make cookies, which are great. That's the ultimate look of like I am leaving to do something different. And she would come back and she would look over the cookies and over the KitchenAid and go, you know, just give this disgusting. This is still going on. Look, <laughs> um, yeah, I love my wife. I hate this movie. Jenna must just despise me at this point. <laughs> I don't I know. She blames you for things that Bill could be like, I'll watch this later after you go to bed or something, but no. <laughs> I wrote Blame Nick. <laughs> Nick said you should watch this with me. No, I, Nick said you had to yeah. watch this with Babe, me. Babe, I didn't do the dishes because Nick wanted me to watch this movie. <laughs> but now your rating system won't work if she's not watching it with you. That's true. You did this to yourself, sir. Mm. <laughs> Matt, how do you rate... The Star Wars uh, Holiday Special. My rating system is the Possessed Mushroom Puppet Scale of Enjoyment, which is just one out of five Possessed Mushroom Puppets. Uh, only because of B. Arthur, I think, and a little bit the cartoon, this thing gets a two out of five. Holy shit! That's pretty good. Oh, I say that because, yes, I, I dislike this more than most things we've ever watched on this. Huh. Like, it's <laughs> it's down there. It gives me weird Manos and Things vibes, especially that weird and, like, other dimension scene that happens yeah. felt very Manosy to me, um, but in things in Manos there was like no redeeming qualities for me. Whereas in this, if you sent me like a YouTube link to a Star Wars short and it was just the B Arthur section, I'd be like, oh okay, yeah, that was all right. So because of B Arthur alone, this gets a two out of five. Oh, Goddamn B Arthur, good job. Okay, it's always saving the day, Jen. I'm coming up with a rating system right now. I think I'm going to base it on how many puzzles I had to do to get through it. <laughs> and if, you know, so low numbers are good. Uh, I think I did about 164 puzzles. What, what sort of puzzles are you doing They're on your little phone line there? line puzzles. So oh. you, you have to like connect them and not run into it. Some are harder than others, but that's gotcha. a lot. Of, it's a lot of puzzles. That's a lot of puzzles to do. Uh, so that's a very bad rating. So yeah. if you were watching like New Hope, you'd probably like not do any puzzles. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Or maybe I'd get like there'd be some more boring, quieter spots, yeah. and I would get like five puzzles done total. Right. And so this earned a hundred. Is there a puzzles. Star Wars movie where no puzzles would happen? I don't know. It depends on. I mean, in the theater, of course, but like, I would hope like sitting at I your mean, sitting on your couch with you and Graham watching a Star Wars. Which Star Wars movie would give you the least number of puzzles? Do you think? Oh, man, because that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like, my favorite one. It just has... The least boring parts. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it would be Empire, I think. I think Empire is the one that once I start, I'm just glued, and I, I don't look away. I'll keep score the next time I watch any, <laughs> any Star Wars movie, and I'll get back to you. You do that. Yeah. Okay. My rating system is weird. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen. This I is... feel like this is a one-to-one. -one. Well, yeah. Nick's rating system, system is, is what, what Star, Star Wars, Wars movie is it? And this is the holiday special. Hey. <laughs> there is nothing that com I would rather watch any Star Wars film. I was going to say. The, the, I would rather watch the Ewok movies. 
I would rather watch the droids cartoons. I would rather watch. I would rather watch any any Star Wars movie than this thing. So you would this... say, out of on a scale of Star Wars movies, this rates Star Trek Nemesis. No, oh, <laughs> one to one. <laughs> it's one to one. This is abhorrent. It is. <laughs> it is embarrassing. It's. Which is, it, it, the weird thing is, too, it's not all of its fault because it's a product of the time it was made. But it's still horrible. There's, I can watch the Carol Burnett show, and it's still fucking funny, right? But this, everybody's looking at me like, yeah, we don't watch the Carol Burnett show, idiot. But I, <laughs> I mean, I was more of a Mama's Family fan. Vinton! Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> It's it's god awful. There is no lower rating for me than the Star Wars Holiday Special on my uh, on my thing. Now that I've seen it, because I hadn't seen it, it was the only Star Wars thing I hadn't seen, and now I've seen it. And as a completionist, that makes me happy. Welcome. But as as a human being who enjoys Star Wars a great deal, the thing that I do find funny is I I, I say I'm a huge Star Wars fan. There are only about four movies in Star Wars that I like. You dislike more Star Wars than you like. That is true. That sounds like par for a lot of Star Wars fans, I'd say. Yeah, I think it even if, goes if you, if you in go the, on the further internet. ratio lately. Because <laughs> I, I, I like Star Wars and Empire. Yeah. I love The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Yeah, I enjoy Solo. Hey, I'm, I'm Vulcan. Yeah, I was going to say you became I'd Spock be, oh, as no. you rated those. Um, and <laughs> I, so there's five, but then you've got the Caravan of Courage, Battle for Endor, the droids, the Ewok cartoon, you got. Uh, I haven't watched Clone Wars all the way through, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, oh, I like Rebels. So there's a sixth. I have six things I like. So I, there's there's a lot. <laughs> I don't like the prequels. I really don't like Rogue One. So <laughs> there's a lot there. But I find that fascinating because I think a lot of people, especially my generation, are in that same boat mm-hmm. of like. Yeah, we love Star Wars, but we really like two or three things. And then but I think that's because we like the universe it's set in. Like we love that technology. It's like if steampunk it's it's sort of almost steampunk because everybody's in like robes and coats and shit and they look really cool. And it and everything is very industrial, but it's not it's not that super slick sci-fi. Oh, I think there's also a very important time gap between the things you liked and the things you didn't like on that list. Bullshit, because I love The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I think those, but most things that existed in that on that list were created after Episode One came out. I don't know, man. So, like most things pre, uh, but you like, got the Caravan of Courage over here. That and was in the, the, yeah. the Ewok, you know, the Battle for Endor, Caravan yeah. of Courage, the Droids cartoon, like all that shit. Yeah. It was all it was all before that. What right. it didn't what it didn't do was prepare me. Well, what it yeah. should, like, th- like this is also a warning. <laughs> like, this was a George Lucas warning shot. This holiday special fired off the port bow. He <laughs> fired a warning shot to basically say the prequels are coming. <laughs> I can make bad things. Uh, I can do wait. He's saying Howard the Duck is on its way. Oh, that too. Yeah, good point. Forgot <laughs> about Howard the Duck, a movie that I still like more than the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> Leah Thompson has sex with a duck. What the fuck? <laughs> I like Leah Thompson. Why did she do that? Anyway, all right, time to <laughs> move on. He's a very charming our, duck. Time to f- move on to our final segment of Real Good, where we recommend something uh, that is hopefully good and better than this. The, I've recommended this before, and I'm going to recommend it now. And if it's you, if you want to see sort of 
quote unquote variety show Star Wars, go watch the Robot Chicken Star Wars uh, yeah. specials. Like that's what I think you can do. Because it's still using canon characters, it's making them fun, but it's far enough removed because it's claymation that it's not embarrassing. It's it's actually cute and funny. So check out the Robot Chicken Star Wars specials. I think those are good. Matt, what is your real good? Uh, I have like one and a half real goods because one is not a movie or a TV show or anything. Uh, so my half is it a plant? <laughs> is a mineral. <laughs> um, uh, my half suggestion is to go listen to the Christmas in the Stars album, which is a Star Wars Christmas album they put out back in the 70s or 80s. It's so weird and good, and it takes up a lot less of your time listening to that, and some of it's very bad and cheesy, but there's the songs like, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? <laughs> right? So good. What? And there's you need to leave. There's R2D2 beeping out We Wish You a Merry Christmas. It's mostly narrated by C3PO. How um, have I never heard of this? I need to leave and go listen to it's this. It's so good, especially the <laughs> What Do You Get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb. This seems like um, something my mother would have bought me. It's so good. Now they have like re-released it many times. You can get it on like special like C3PO gold vinyl now. Get your Amazon. Um out. it's surprisingly like it's I mean not surprisingly, I guess, affordable. Um <laughs> But I think it's also on like streaming services and YouTube and stuff, so you can find it out there. My real, real good, uh, that is a movie slash TV special slash Christmas thing. I mentioned it earlier. Go watch a Muppet Family Christmas. Because not only is it... Which one did you play? Oh, this is the least fun. Oh my god, it's slow. Get to it. Get to it! <laughs> no, they won't. It takes forever. Stop. See, here you go, Nick. Yeah, I want it. I want it. Uh, this is an audio format, and I want to point out that Matt has this song memorized. <laughs> he was mouthing along to it. Yeah, I've listened to it so many times. So go listen to that on your way home, uh, <laughs> and then uh, go watch a Muppet Family Christmas because it's a very good Christmas special, um, and it unites the Muppets, the Sesame Street characters, and the Fraggle Rock characters all in one glorious special. <gasps> Down in Fraggle Rock. Bum bum. And Jim Henson's actually in it as a as a human face. Oh, man. really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's very fun, and go watch it. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Bill, what is your real good? Uh, last week, uh, Sam Schultz mentioned this, and I'm going to just repeat it because I thought of it and wanted, I'm probably going to watch it today after to get the taste of this movie out of my mouth, is The Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm, yeah. Oh, the one with Michael Caine. Yeah, oh, back-to-back Muppets Muppet recommendations. Yeah. That one's, to be fair, Muppet Christmas Carol is like a perfect film. Uh, Muppet yeah. Family Christmas, not as good. <laughs> Fair warning. Okay, cool. Jen, what do you recommend people see? Oh, you know, more things that you hate, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, for if you if you want to That's have a pretty more context. Wide... Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you're so many be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more context or for like background of Star Wars, just don't watch the special. Watch the Clone Wars animated series because I enjoy that. I don't hate it. Okay, I, I, I just haven't 
watched it. I, okay. like, I, I watched the first, I want to say I watched the first four episodes and I was like, I get it. It's just oh. not really, you know, it wasn't really sticking with me. I'm a few seasons in. I'm, I still like it. And is that the one that they're bringing back for yeah. a final season? I think so. Yeah. Okay. They're bringing it for season seven. On I the think. new Disney Plus service. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I won't see that. <laughs> and I've not finished it either, but I do like how it fills in a lot of gaps. Okay. I've been told many times that like it makes the prequel story make sense. It does. Which I don't give that credit to Lucas at all, but like I have a question about Clone Wars as a series. There's a 2D animated Clone Wars and a 3D animated Clone Wars. The 3D Wars. one is the one I've watched. Yeah, the, the 2D is a movie? I think so. No, there's a there's... 3D movie. The 2D is a bunch of short uh, oh, I there was like stuff. a 2D movie or series as well. I get confused about that. Um, That's, but the 2D is not canon. This uh, this is the large uh, reason why I haven't watched Clone Wars because I don't know where to start. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, just go on to Netflix. If you go on to Netflix, there's a Clone Wars thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. I know that one, but I also know that the, the 2D one came first, so I didn't know if it was like you have to watch the 2D one for the 3D one to make sense. I didn't. And, I just no, 3D. The 2D one is more of a kind of a, almost like a what if. There's a lot it's of a like... Lot. There's a one. There's there's a really badass animation of Mace Windu taking out a whole bunch of droids and stuff. Like it's it's a lot of cool stuff, but I don't think it's canon. And the 3D one is. And if you just go to Netflix, and okay. it's it's the one that's on Netflix. Isn't gotcha. Rebels a kind of a continuation of the Clone Wars? It is show? because okay. one of the main characters in Clone Wars yes, is Ahsoka Tano, and uh, she's uh, Anakin's Padawan yeah. in mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. And then she comes back in Rebels, and it's fucking awesome. And part of the reason I really like Clone Wars is because. You actually get to care about Anakin instead of hate him for different reasons every time. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's a character that I actually like can understand a little more. Even in just the episodes I watched, I was like, who is this likable person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, he is, he is very likable. Padme's likable. Uh, she only shows up I, in one episode I've seen, but she was very okay. good. The cool thing that the Clone Wars does, I think, is returns Yoda to a likable. Like, because the prequels, he's really just grouchy and grumpy all the time, and I don't understand why he is the way he is. But even in the first episode, he's back to the <laughs> kind of um, Yoda, and it's great. There's a great uh, thing with him and five clones um, where he sort of teaches them lessons about themselves, and it's really good. Like, it's just, it didn't connect with me on, like, there's a lot to watch is part of it, and that's why I just haven't, but I, I don't hate it at all. Okay. My, my big thing was the 2D style is very ugly to me. Like, the, the 2D... I want to say it was done by, like, one person. The 2D Clone Wars style looks very, like, a brand of cheap animation that I'm not a huge fan of. Right. I don't even know and... which 2D thing you're talking about, oh, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I believe it's... Got, I can never pronounce his name, but he did Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Lab, correct? And Samurai I, Jack. I think it's that same oh. thing. Samurai Jack, too. Yeah, Samurai yeah, yeah, Jack. Yeah. It's that sort of style yeah. that it like didn't work for me as a Star Wars mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and I it just uh, that was what kept me from wanting to watch that. Um, it looks like this. Oh yeah, that that looks weird. That's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I yeah that that kept me from getting into it. Um, Look at how scrunched up Anakin's face is. It's very scrunched. It's very scrunched up. <laughs> He's trying to figure out what to get a Wookiee for Christmas. When he already owns a comb. Oh, we got him a comb Christ. last year. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you <laughs> all for, life day. for life joining day. me. Uh, this will be wrapping up 2018 for Real Bad. We will be back 2019. I don't know what we're doing yet. Matt and I have talked about a couple ideas that we'd like to do. One of them being just a month of children's films because Matt hates me. 
Um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope you all have a safe and happy holiday. I'm going on a very long trip. We will not be uploading the first week of January, so just keep that in mind. Uh, You can find us uh, at cageclub.me. We are part of the Cage Club Podcast Network, and you can check out a whole bunch of stuff like Watch the Theron. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you went to Patreon and just checked us out. Um, If you'd like to chip in a buck, that would be great. If you'd like to not chip in a buck and just listen, that'd be great too. Also, you can just tell somebody about us. That would also be great. I'd really appreciate that. Um, If you want to find us, you can find us at RealBadPod on Twitter and follow everything we do. And uh, yeah, Matt, you have a podcast. I do have a podcast that we mentioned at the beginning. It's called I Love It. And Bill was just on talking all about Star Wars. So if you want to hear more of Bill's thoughts on Star Wars and how it's impacted his life, go listen to that episode. And then, yeah, we've got some other recent episodes with my fiance talking about Shakespeare and my friend Abby talking about holidays in general. I'd say all of our friends, Abby. <laughs> I mean, yes. But the the pitch of the podcast oh, is a good me talking to my friends about the things they love and why they love them. So I'm so used to introducing it as like, <laughs> I'm here with my friend, this person. So yes, it, we all know Abby. Yes, we do. Fair. Bill, you work on a few things with Jen. Yes, uh, we are both video makers on SciShow, so you can catch some of our work there. Excellent. Jen, do you concur? I concur. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. And uh, look for us in 2019, because until then, this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.